0: We're moving forward, but we're doing it always with an eye, being led by the data, by the science, by public health. If you're a real
1: fan of buffets, I wouldn't plan on going anytime soon.
0: Calder, ah. what's up, man? What's going
1: on, Drew?
2: Big-name sports stars giving and getting inspiration from challenged athletes during the time of COVID-19. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a moment, I'll be chatting with the co-founder of the Challenged Athletes Foundation about amazing stories of courage and how we can all learn a lesson right now from those who've already faced severe obstacles. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Thursday, May 7th. Tomorrow is a big day for many California business owners. Governor Gavin Newsom issued new guidelines allowing for the reopening of clothing stores, florists, bookstores, and sporting goods stores for the first time in nearly two months with restrictions. At this point, the order does not include close contact businesses, for example, dine-in restaurants or hair salons. Only retail, manufacturing, and warehouses are affected, and only if they have a safe reopening plan on record. The governor did add that counties with lower rates of infections may qualify for what he calls a regional variance, allowing county supervisors to decide if they want to go a step further and open restaurants for dining in as early as next week. But to qualify, county must have no new deaths in the past 14 days. Supervisor Nathan Fletcher said San Diego County is nowhere near achieving this.
0: That is not currently a criteria that we meet, uh, nor is it likely uh, a criteria that we will meet any time uh, in their near future. So we will continue to uh, work with the governor's office and the state of California on their criteria.
2: The governor did warn that with more people going out, our number of cases statewide could spike again. And more importantly, customers may not be ready to return. Just because you open
0: Uh, business and have the ability to do curbside pickup or take a product from a retail store and put it into the trunk uh, to provide for social distancing and physical distancing to a customer doesn't mean a customer is going to show up and nor does it mean your workers will show up and that's why all of this uh, is focused uh, on not just the business opportunity, but the responsibility we have to one another, responsibility, uh, that the employers have to employees to keep them protected, uh, and all of us have to one another as customers, uh, to make sure, uh, that we integrate in the spirit, uh, of this phase, uh, the kind of attitudes and processes, procedures, uh, and common sense, uh, application of these rules, uh, that will allow us to make some real
2: progress. This is just the beginning of Phase 2, which would go into effect tomorrow. It's not until Phase 3 when we see the reopening of salons, gyms, movie theaters, and in-person church services. Those could still be weeks away, and that will all be determined on the number of cases going down and the availability of testing going up. As restrictions start to ease for some industries, restaurants still aren't sure when their dining rooms will be back open. Jeff Rossman is a chef at Terra American Bistro. He's also the president of the local California Restaurant Association chapter. He told 10 News the sooner they have a set timeline, the sooner they can start moving forward and getting prepared. It might take us two, three, four weeks to get some of the the protective gear um, that they're talking about. Rossman says the group is estimating at least 30% of restaurants won't be able to reopen That includes a San Diego chain that's been around for over 40 years. The CEO of Soup Plantation's parent company says there is simply no way the restaurant's self-service model can survive in the post-COVID world. That means 97 restaurants will close and 4,400 people will lose their jobs. The city of Chula Vista is finally ready to reopen their parks and trails tomorrow at 7 a.m., this comes a week after many other cities in the county eased up on their recreational restrictions. As 10 News reporter Rena Nicano explains, there are still strict rules in place when heading outside.
0: Passive access is, is what we're able to offer, and so that's phase one.
1: Walking, jogging, hiking, biking, sitting on the grass, and use of dog parks will be allowed with masks and social distancing. What's still off limits? field and court sports, other team activities, and large gatherings.
0: If a father wanted to catch a Frisbee with his son, if a, a, another father wants to teach his daughter how to hit a wiffle ball, I think we'll be okay if we practice social distancing.
1: Playgrounds, skate parks, gazebos, picnic tables, and restrooms will remain closed.
0: We can't make sure that we can get the cleaning done uh, that's required by the county of of making sure it's wiped down and cleaned down every two hours and stuff. We're not there yet.
1: Rena Nakano, 10 News.
2: Although it doesn't have the green light yet, Saquon Casino is revealing its future reopening plans. All surfaces will be disinfected. Thermal cameras will be used to take guest temperatures. All guests and staff will be required to wear face coverings. Plexiglass shields are being installed in close contact areas. Table games will be limited to three players per table, and every other slot machine will be turned off. Right now, Saquon does not have a target reopening date. And tomorrow, the DMV will reopen 25 offices across California, including the one in Hillcrest. Office hours will be Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. On Wednesday, it opens at 9 a.m. Customers are required to wear face masks and stand six feet apart. There will not be in-person driving tests. Customers are encouraged to use online services before scheduling an appointment. And joining me today from the Challenge Athletes Foundation, he hosted the Celebration of Heroes Awards virtually this week like we're all doing. Bob Babbitt is with me. Bob, it is great to talk to you. How have you been? Benny, I am awesome. Great to connect with you again. Well, first of all, um, just give us an update on, on for people who don't know what the Challenged Athletes Foundation does and you know how these current times have affected your operations and what's going on.
1: Well, as you know, Ben, we've been around 26 years and we've raised over $112 million and sent out over 26,000 grants basically to keep challenged athletes in the game alive through sport. We realized 26 years ago when one of our buddies who was a originally a football player at Yale was, was ended up losing his leg when he was hit on his motorcycle while he was going to acting classes by a bus. Uh, and then he became this world-class triathlete as an amputee. And then eight years later, he's on his bicycle during a race in Orange County, gets hit by a van and propelled headfirst into pole, becomes a quadriplegic. And through that, we realized that what happens when you get injured one your insurance covers a walking around leg or an everyday wheelchair nothing to do with sport is covered, and we both know how important sport is it's it's makes us makes us whole it lets us know who we are and what we can do and from from what we learned then uh, when three amputee women came up to us and told us after our first triathlon hey you know it's great what you guys do but You know, it's really, really important for our athletes to stay in a game of life through sport. What can you do to help make sure that forever and ever an athlete can stay in a game of life through sport? Well, that's what led to the creation of CAF. And now, like I said, it's been 26 years. And this year alone, we just sent out 3,921 grants totaling $5.9 million to athletes in all 50 states in Puerto Rico and 43 countries and uh, 103 different sports. And when you think about it, so much of what we do, we put on our triathlon, that's people get together. You have a bike ride, people get together. Everything that we've done has been, you know, hands on. Uh, So what do you, how do you, how do you pivot? And it's been being able to do uh, virtual conversations with people and to our athletes, if you think about our challenge athletes, someone who's in a wheelchair And and wheelchair basketball has become a huge part of their life, and it's what's given them hope and positivity. Well, that's gone right now. They can't get out and do that. So in in having our other challenged athletes call them, talk to them, uh, talk about other things they can do indoors, workouts they can do with stretch cords, workouts they can do in the house or in in their living room. All those type of things are really, really important right now so that our athletes understand that we're – we're still here for them, and anything they need will be here to to help them get through these really really tough times.
2: Bob, you've had some amazing uh, partners over the years with the Challenged Athletes Foundation. Give me a little recap of the celebration of heroes that uh, you you did virtually this week, and some of the surprises you had in store uh, for some of the athletes.
1: Well, it was really cool. Was a, Tim Kane is a blind hockey player, and he was he was a sighted hockey player for. Uh, until he was about twelve, and then he had degenerative eye disease, and he found about out about blind hockey a couple years ago, and now he's captain of the U.S. team. So when we did his, uh, when we I was interviewing him the other day, uh, we showed him a little video of Dallas Eakins, of, uh, the coach of the Anaheim Ducks, basically congratulating him on being a hero of sport and being one of those guys who is gonna be helping that next blind athlete. And that was awesome. And then we had Bill Walton, and we had NASCAR legend, Jimmy Johnson, just giving props to our heroes of sport. And then we had Cam Worth, who's from, who's a, a top cyclist and triathlete. And Andre Agassi surprised the young man with his wheelchair tennis chair just all across the board, just celebrity athletes understanding. And then there was a, a video. We provided a wheelchair basketball chair to a young man up in San Francisco at a, a before the pandemic hit with the golden state warriors. And he met Steph Curry and he met clay Thompson, and he, and Steve Kerr came over and gave him his wheelchair basketball chair. And then we had a two sisters, both who both have spina bifida and are wheelchair basketball players. And they're like, you know, Eleven and eight years old, and had members of the U.S. Paralympic wheelchair basketball team come on and surprise them during a during a Zoom call, and then um, a, a member of the WNBA jumped on to surprise them as well. So it was just it was star-studded show, but the the main thing is the power of sport. And how sport gives people their lives back, and in this day and age we you have to be flexible, you have to be nimble, but you, we can still we can still make sure that our mission is front and center.
2: you mentioned the pandemic, Bob, um, obviously, a lot of these challenged athletes have dealt with serious health issues in the past, and we know that. You know, people sometimes with pre-existing conditions can be more susceptible to this coronavirus. What concerns have, have you heard and uh, have you seen athletes had to deal with during this uh, unique time?
1: I think the main thing is just st- making sure that they're staying home and staying safe and, th- and giving people the support they need to stay home and stay safe. So a lot of times it's, it's really communication. It's just saying, hey, there's, we've other wheelchair basketball players and wheelchair and, and quad rugby players who are all susceptible, and they're communicating with each other and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing to stay healthy. And it's, it's been great. It's, uh, it's really made you realize that you can, communicate, uh, you can communicate effectively even if you're not right next to each other. I, I think we have all learned a lot through this pandemic.
2: People see the physical challenges that some of these athletes have overcome, whether it's a prosthetic leg or a wheelchair, but it also comes with massive mental challenges as well. They've had to overcome uh, depression, low moments in their life where they didn't realize where they'd get to. Right now, we're we're all trying to overcome a challenge, something that for a lot of us is very new. We haven't faced this. What advice would you say that you've seen, you've learned, the challenge athletes have used to kind of move forward and recover and rebound that the rest of us can apply to our lives right now as we try to recover and rebound from the pandemic.
1: You know, it's been fascinating. I was on the we were doing an interview the other day with Rudy Garcia-Tolson, who's double above knee amputee. Well, for the first five years of his life, fifteen operations. So he spent his first five years basically in a hospital. So he sheltered in place for the first five years of his life. He was not a he couldn't be a kid. So. We can learn a lot from our challenged athlete. Another one of our uh, wheelchair athletes, Christine Eastler in South Carolina, she was a tri- age group triathlete, got hit by a truck while cycling, and now is a paraplegic. And she was saying the positive of this is she's been able to work at home. And if you think about somebody who's wheelchair-bound, to get up in the morning and to get dressed and get out of the house is like a triathlon. There's a lot involved with that. Well, not having to go to go to work, but be able to do work from home, she's now more efficient with her time. And she's like, you know, this pandemic might be bad for a lot of people, but for me, I can do my job at home. Now my bosses realize I can do my job at home. Plus, I'm on my hand cycle every day indoors and training, and I feel better than I've felt in years, since she was injured. So, you know, there's the fact that they're that they are alone and they're not with their peer group. They're not able to go play wheelchair basketball, and that's probably the hardest thing. But by staying active and by practicing skills on your own, giving people the, the tools to practice uh, the sport on their own or to, to do weights and, and things like that, it, you, can, you can get through these tough times and basically prepare yourselves for, you know, for, for when this is over.
2: Before we go, Bob, uh, the Challenged Athletes Foundation always has so many great events throughout the year. I'm sure all of them on hold right now. What, When people want to get involved, if there's anything they can do, uh, what would you suggest in, in way of supporting CAF?
1: What I would do is go to challengeathletes.org and go on there, check out some of our amazing video stories. They can make donations. We, we love it all. Uh, the more exposure there is for our athletes and people see How amazing our athletes are, as you know, because you've met so many of them. It's all of that is a positive.
2: Bob, it's great catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of fun.
1: Anytime, Benny, take care of yourself. Stay healthy.
2: We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. We seem to be inching closer to the return of some major sports leagues, although nothing is set in stone. Several Major League Soccer teams are already back on the field for voluntary individual workouts. Teams in the NBA expect to reopen their practice facilities as early as tomorrow, and the NFL released its schedule today with a planned opening night on September 10th. Governor Gavin Newsom, though, said he's doubtful that any games could be played in California with fans in the stands until after a coronavirus vaccine has been developed and widely distributed. That would include games for the L.A. Rams and L.A. Chargers, we are planning to open their new SoFi Stadium in Inglewood this fall. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery even after the pandemic subsides, but we haven't lost our way. We know who we are, a community that will meet the moment and rise above the obstacles. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans recover from the turmoil created by the coronavirus. We will get back on our feet, find jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com slash rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.